This is New England Patriots running back and three-time Super Bowl champion James White. You're listening to the two-minute drill. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the two-minute drill. I'm Kevin. It's Adam, who usually does the intro. Adam will be joining us in a little bit. And I'm here with Dan. We're going to go over the preview or the afterthought, sorry, Saints week three matchup. Tough loss right there. And we're going to preview the Patriots versus Buccaneers week four, the big Sunday night football game, the one and two Patriots versus the two and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we're also going to do our weekly picks for week four. Uh, Dan, first time I got to you last Sunday, you got to go to the Saints game. I, I apologize sincerely that it was an L, but what are your after that loss, even though you did come out with some pretty good articles. So if you want to yeah. read Dan's article, go on the two minute drill media.com and Dan has been killing it with the article game. Yeah, thank you for the plug there, Kev. Uh, you know, nothing you can really do about the loss. Still a great experience going up to the game, meeting you guys. Great seats, of course, but just a super frustrating game. Um, you know, it felt weird. It's I've been to tons of Patriots games. It's the only one they've ever lost. And it was, you know, it was a pretty dominant effort from the Saints. I don't, you know, it was a 15-point win, but I don't even think that reflects just how uneven this game was. Uh, Mac Jones had no protection all day. You know, he wasn't, he was just playing average with, you know, the kind of the circumstances in front of him. You know, we would have needed an unbelievable performance from him to, you know, really be able to get past that. Um, you know, the defense was solid. Matthew Judon was great. Uh, we were getting pressure on Jameis at the end. That almost pulled us back into the game. But you still have some plays where, you know, Jameis would just be running around in the pocket for like five, six seconds and just, you know, make a play. You just can't have that happen. I mean, the second touchdown there, it would have, would have, you know, came back anyways. It was on a third and goal, but it would have came back anyways because we had held in the end zone, I guess. But, you have Kyle Duggar wrapped around Jameis Winston's legs. He's able to throw just like not a pass you should make as an NFL quarterback. He's falling down and he just threw the ball straight up in the air. And then Jonathan Jones gets beat on the jump ball in the back of the end zone. Like that was just, that was just an awful play. It summed up the whole game, in my opinion, just a bad week. Just that combination between that play that you just mentioned and then the way that the third quarter kicked off. Mm-hmm. with the pick six right through Jono's hands. Um, you know, this offense is very concerning, and it sucks, and it's a rookie quarterback. You know, and I said this in the beginning, and then I did say during the offseason, even after all the additions, and I still thought that Myers was going to be wide receiver one. Myers had a really good game. I think he had 94 yards, 94, 96 yards, and it was in the 90s. He had a good day. It was nice to see Kendrick Bourne show up and get involved because when the ball goes to him, he can make plays happen. I think he's very talented. I think, honestly, from that game, I think he's a lot better than what I I thought. Honestly, I think that you might be able to see Bourne get more action and Aguilar might get a little bit less snaps, especially with the way that Bourne can create some magic with the ball. Uh, but tough loss. Like you said, it was just we we're going after Jameis. It was everything was working out, and then to the into the fourth quarter, and then just that zone defensive play at third and six. When you're down twenty-one to thirteen, I really thought there was a chance that Mac could just get the ball back. And after scoring that touchdown, I thought there was a chance. There wasn't the tough L going one and two. 
you don't want to be, we didn't want, want to be in the situation going one and two in the Tampa, but we have a lot of work to do. Again, there was no Trent Brown, which hurt. Trent Brown should be back this Sunday, thank God, because it's just like, but I did see a stat though, believe it or not, that Mac Jones's passer rating and passer uh, percentage completion is better when he has like less time to throw than he has more time. So I just don't understand how that works out. And do we have our guest and Adam Passwell? Hey, 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 boys. Sorry I'm a little late, but uh, very happy I can make it onto the episode. What are you guys talking about right now? Right on the path Saints. So we you barely did. missed anything. Oh, did you guys already both talk? So do you want to? Yes. Do you want to give your feedback on the game? I I just got I got I got two words to sum up how I'm feeling. John New Smith. I don't know where else to go with that. I don't know what was going on with him. And the most demoralizing thing that happened in that game was when we came out after the pretty rough first half of football. We come out and what was it? I think it was the first play of the second half. Right through Jono's hands, into the defender's hands, quick pick six. And I honestly think it was a miracle that we we were even had a chance to win that game or, you know, kind of made it competitive at the end. Because I don't think the score rep- uh, represents how bad we actually played in that game. All around, it wasn't that great. Max still getting hit around too much. Needs a little bit more time. But, um, yeah, just Jonu, man. He, he's he's got to step it up. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the line play already, how that was atrocious. And, you know, that obviously holds the offense back in a big way. But, I mean, I, I can't get over the game Josh McDaniels called. Like, it didn't it, – didn't feel like he did anything right. Anytime that, you know, the Patriots would be kind of gaining a rhythm, driving down the field, Mac would be throwing the ball. And then like one drive in particular, Mac threw the ball, I think literally every play. We got down to the 10 yard line. Then we ran it twice with Brandon Bolden. I think the net gain was negative two yards. So then we have the third and one. Yeah. So then we, we have like a third and goal. Um, you know, there was there was some stuff where I guess post game Mac got asked about it and he essentially you know, just asked about the game McDaniels called and he was essentially saying that, you know, he might have checked out of some plays. I think he mentioned that third and one in particular, saying like, Oh, I checked out of that. You know, I need to get better about not doing that. And while I do believe that, you know, maybe on that specific play he could have checked out of it, sure. People who are trying to say like, Oh, it wasn't really McDaniel's fault, Mac is just like he can't read a defense and he kept checking out of these plays. Like you're, so, you're honestly just so dumb. If you believe that, of course, he's not going to get up there and trash his offensive coordinator. And you know what? If Mac Jones was consistently checking out of plays and making bad calls and they weren't working and Josh McDaniels didn't do anything about that, that's still just as much as fault. So I'm, I'm a little more tame right now than I was immediately after the game. I wrote essentially like two entire articles about, how bad Josh McDaniels was. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to get myself worked up here, so I'll just pass it to Kev. You know, it's what you just touched on, the two biggest things, and, you know, shout out to James White. I think that his injury, and as everyone knows now that he's done for the season, I think that this is possibly a career-ending injury. This is very similar to what uh, Tua and I believe some another – back i cannot think of the top bo jackson running back at a very bo jackson bo jackson yep sorry and his career but this very 
it, it doesn't really get talked about. Like, it's not a big thing. I feel like this week, I know it's Brady week, but James White deserves more love than that. Shout out to White. But just the fact that well, the Brandon Bolden just says enough, like, on these runs. And it's like, I, it's Brandon Bolden, but, like, he's your fourth string running back. So why are we giving him the ball when it comes down, when you're down 21 to a field goal with two minutes to go? And also, you kill six minutes off clock just to go all the way down there to kick a field goal. If that was the case, why not just drive down the field quick, quick, a field goal, and then you give yourself more time to come back. I'm just, you know, like you said, Dan, it's the McDaniels play calling very disappointing. Defense didn't look overall until like late in the game, but disappointing loss. We got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I think the defense was solid overall, you know, as the whole day went on. But again, kind of like the Miami game, we had a big third down. Saints were backed up third and 10, and we had a chance to get off the field and tie the game up late in the fourth quarter. And again, the Patriots' Belichick defense comes up short, and they let the, the Saints' offense run right down the field and secure the game on that last drive. And you know it's a big issue when Mac Jones leads the team in rushing. That's one big takeaway I had from the game as well. Uh, we got to see more – more productivity from our running game. And like you said, Kev, James White being out, very sad, obviously a fan favorite, a locker room guy, just an all-around great Patriot. It's going to be tough to uh, fill that void of James White, but you got to be better on the ground and pound game because that's what this offense was supposed to be built around. Yeah, I mean, that that was And that's the last thing more... before you go, Dan. Sorry. Uh, continue, Dan. I'll go after. All right. Um that was definitely one of the more frustrating things I thought from this game. We've been running the ball a ton these first two weeks and, you know, been doing a pretty good job of that. And then just, I don't know. I just don't understand how obviously James White goes out. He's a big part of the run game, big part of the pass game. Um, and Damien Harris is supposed to kind of be our RB one anyways. So I just don't get how when your RB two goes down, instead of kind of reshuffling the depth chart, you essentially have Brandon Bolden hop everybody else on the team. You finish with more snaps than Harris, more snaps than Taylor. I understand if, you know, you're going to give him some of Taylor's reps just because he's got the experience and you trust him a little bit more. I, I suppose I understand that he might be a slightly better pass catching back than Harris. So you have him out there overall for more plays, but I just don't understand why Damian Harris wasn't on the field more. I think he had like 22 snaps. It just, I don't know, it, it didn't make sense to me. And Bolden, I think he finished the game with, like, negative four yards rushing, something along those lines. So it, it'd be different if, you know, we put him in, he immediately rips off, like, a 15-yard run, then we have some confidence in him. Like, we just kept putting him out on the field, and he just kept not playing well. And I don't even think that's Brandon Bolden's fault. He didn't play all of last season. He rarely, He hasn't seen really any reps at running back this year. Rarely saw them in 2019. I saw a stat that... You know, he he played more snaps at running back this past Sunday than in his previous 11 games combined. So you can't just expect him to come out there and, like, pick that up again. I think that falls on McDaniels. That's his personnel. So just, uh, again, another notch in his belt for a really bad performance. I mean, just to touch on that. Oh, sorry. The only reason I think that Bolden was on the first place was just to be for pass or pass protection because he's has he's better at pass protecting than JJ Taylor. I know JJ Taylor has work to do in that department. Same with Stevenson, they're young guys. 
pro focused on being able to pass block as a running back. Um, shout out to Sony Michelle because clearly Sony Michelle knows how to pass block. If you guys saw that block last week, where's the Bucks? Anyways, could be nice to have Sony right now. Can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> wow. Wow. Game. Damian Harris, I'm pretty sure. Sure, Damian Harris had five carries for like six yards. He absolutely killed me in fantasy this week. But they, if then I, they don't understand RB1, but RB2 goes down. So let's play our four. Way to go, Joshy. That's all to say. I just can't believe how things come full circle. Now you're now you're giving shout outs to Sony, wishing we had him back. I just I'm sitting back and putting my feet up saying, I'm I told you so, man. I can't believe that's happening. But if I see one more sweep run with any of our running backs in the red zone or at any time, I'm gonna be pissed because I'm getting real sick of that stuff. No, i I mean and it's been it's been a consistent thing, I think. I don't this isn't just like oh, we played really bad this past Sunday. Like, Josh McDaniels has had so many questionable calls, so many games over the past years where you just don't understand what he's doing. I'm shocked we didn't see the, you know, the double the double QB screen pass or see Jacoby Myers throwing a pass today because that seems like his breaking case of emergency play. But, you know, you got things like, I don't know if you remember, like, past years, some of, like, the jet sweeps we'd run with like Harry that would never work out just stuff like that and then you come back to like we signed two of the top 10 tight ends in the NFL and that was supposed to be like the backbone of this offense like uh oh Josh McDaniels has this like revolutionary two tight end system where like he's going to be using both of these guys all over the field they're going to be monsters Neither one of them has really done anything all year. And I know that part of that this past Sunday was Johnu playing poorly. I think he had four drops on five targets. But even in the, you know, even in the past two games, like none of them have really done anything. We haven't seen much more production from that tight end position than we did last year. Um, and that, that's the sad thing about it, too, because we paid these guys. They're making top five t- tight end money right now. But as bad as it is, I think there's only one way to go with this offense, and it's up. And I do think a factor that not a lot of people think about is Cam was taking a lot of these weak run reps and and, and uh, preseason and training camp and stuff. So they were a lot more accustomed to you know Cam's game, especially Johnny and Hunter Henry. So I do think it's going to take some a little bit more time to develop more connections, you know, with Hunter Henry and Johnny in the offense with Mac. But hopefully it comes sooner than later because we really need these tight ends to step up, especially in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, and it's clear that with Mac, he, you know, Jacoby Myers is definitely his favorite receiver. He's always looking for Myers, and, you know, that's fine. He's one of the top guys on our team. But I don't know if this past week I, – I think, honestly, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here where just Aguilar was running a lot of deep routes. And, you know, when you have pressure on you, you're not just going to air the ball out. You're going to try and wait, make the safe pass, or, you know, sometimes you might not be even able to get the ball out. So – I think we can get Aguilar a little more involved. And then after this past game, I don't know how you could be not saying, you know, get Kendrick Bourne the ball because it seemed like every time we'd give it to him, he'd be able to make plays. He's, you know, he's athletic. He can make guys miss in space. I feel like he should be getting, you know, last year we'd always be feeding Nikhil Harry the, you know, the jet sweeps and screen passes and stuff when he couldn't move at all. He's a jump ball guy. So I think that's where you incorporate Bourne. Um, and I don't, I don't know how, 
how we just haven't been able to get any production out of these guys. But we might as well wrap that game up because I know we can talk about it all day. What do you guys say we get into our week four picks here? Let's do it. All right, so just recapping real quick from last week. Uh, you know, as a group, our hot streak died down a little bit. Uh, Kevin finished number one in the group. He went Ooh. 8 of 15. Adam and I went 6 of 15. We all put up double digits last week, so a little bit of a fall from grace there. But we can just blame it on, you know, early in the season, we don't know these teams too well yet. So <laughs> hopping in to the games here. Just got to pull this thing up. Okay, where's your sheet? All right, I'm going off Adams. First game, we've got the Tennessee Titans on the road taking on the New York Jets. Titans are the seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? All right, so I'm going Tennessee, just like I said. I'm not going to take the Jets. The Jets are complete poopy. Um, I told you guys last week that taking the Jets would be a big mistake. Denver completely wrecked the Jets. There's no hope for the New York Jets, regardless of Julio Jones and A.J. Brown being out. All you got to do is give the ball to Derrick Henry, and you can win by 10 and cover the 7.5. Give me Tennessee. That one was easy. Yeah, I'm riding with you here, Kev. Tennessee all day. Especially with it only being seven and a half, I really I don't think that's too unrealistic with this Jets team who could barely score at all. Not a big Zach Wilson believer. I'm sure he'll throw up a couple picks. And I know AJ Brown and Julio are out, which can be a factor. But like you said, you got to feed Derrick Henry, and he'll give you problems. So I'm liking Tennessee a lot here. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Titans here too. Kev, you warned me last week. Even when it's eleven and a half, just don't pick the Jets. I should have stayed away from them. I didn't listen to you. No Julio, no A.J. Brown. I don't think it's going to matter. I'm, I'm just going with the Titans here. Got to go against the Jets this week. Next game, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs going to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Chiefs coming off back-to-back losses are the six-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? So I don't know if this is like a trap game, but Eagles, um, you know, they played solid the first, what, quarter against Dallas, maybe mm-hmm. not even – Maybe like first drive, they played good. Dallas completely dominated. Kansas City, Mahomes coming off back-to-back losses. Never see that happen. Probably has never happened. Not sure. I don't think it has. Um, six and a half, that's nothing. I don't – Hurts going to be able to compete with Mahomes, but unless this has a trap written all over it. But I think there's a trap game later on down the road in this schedule towards the end. But give me Chiefs six and a half. Yeah, Chiefs six and a half all day here. Uh, really don't want to bet against them, especially after them losing two games in a row, something you really never see. And Philly looked like crap against Dallas. Not a big fan of what Hurts did in that uh, last game. And I feel like we're just on the brink of a big Tyree kill game. I know he went off in week one, but he's been pretty quiet the last few weeks. So I feel like that connection of him and Mahomes are due for a breakout game. So Kansas City here. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chiefs here as well. I mean, they can't possibly lose three times in a row, right? And, you know, looking at how the Eagles played on Monday Night Football, they're not really up to standard with, you know, the Ravens or the Chargers. So I think the Chiefs pull it together this week. I think they can easily cover that six and a half. I think this one's got blowout written all over it. Next game, we've got the Dallas Cowboys at home taking on the Carolina Panthers. Cowboys are the four and a half point favorites coming off their big Monday Night win. Who you got? 
So I got Carolina. Um, I think this is going to be a really good game. Dallas's defense has actually impressed me a lot more. You know, every single time you think of Dallas, it's their offense, and then their defense is complete shit. But Dallas's defense, um, Diggs has played really well. Parsons is all over the field. They're not a bad. Uh, they don't have a bad defense. But the four and a half is where it kind of got me. This is where I said I like Carolina. They got a good team. They got a good defense. Their offense, obviously, even though there's no McCaffrey, but I don't. I, they play a lot without McCaffrey, anyways. They're going to be a good game. I think Donald might be able to compete. Um, give me Carolina with the four and a half. I'm liking Dallas here. Um, you know, last game against uh, Philly, Zeke started looking really good. He's getting more involved. And Tony Pollard is obviously a stud, too. And I think the Dallas Cowboys, especially with their improving defense, like Micah Parsons on the edge, has looked real good so far this year. I think they're a really complete team right now. They're definitely the best team in their own division. And as much as I do like Carolina, I feel like they haven't really beaten anybody very, very good. Um, Carolina does have a good defense, but no McCaffrey. I think that makes a big difference. And that's why I like Dallas here. I'm going to go with the Cowboys here as well. Um I'm not sure exactly what McCaffrey's status is. I know they didn't put him on IR, so it shouldn't be a super long-term injury. But I don't know. It, it doesn't seem likely he's going to play this week. I might be wrong there. but He's not. Whether, all right, not playing this week. That makes me feel a little bit better about my pick. Um, Carolina, they've already had some big injuries. J.C. Horn suffered a pretty big injury as well. He was looking great early in the year, looking like their number one corner. Um, they brought in C.J. Henderson, but I think – Jacksonville shipping him out two years after taking him in the top 10 kind of shows you what they think of him. So I don't think that's too big a move. I think Carolina, this is going to be kind of a tough week for them with all those injuries. I think Dallas is a very good team. We're going to take the Cowboys here. Next game, we've got the New Orleans Saints at home taking on the New York Giants. Saints are the eight and a half point favorites. Who you got? See, this was a lot of points for me. Eight and a half. But I still took New Orleans. It's not, you know, I think Saints defense is pretty good. And Giant, I don't know what's going on with the Giants. They're not a bad team, but they're not a good team. You know, they're kind of like that team that, like, you look at their roster and you say, hey, they got this guy, X, A, B, C, whatever. But then they just can't win. And I just think that, I don't know, Barkley got hurt last week, right? I don't know. He's probably going to play this week. Yeah, but it looks it like doesn't ma- it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I think that the Saints are – We'll be able to cover the eight and a half. I think Daniel Jones would do something, but I just don't want to take the Giants. So give me the Saints. See, I had that same issue with that eight and a half spread, and I feel like that's kind of a lot of points. I know it's the Saints. I'm pretty sure it's their first time back home since the hurricane that kicked them out of their stadium for the first few weeks. So that would be a pretty emotional game for them being back at home. But eight and a half, that's a little too many points for me. So I'm leaning towards the Giants here. I'll see if Saquon can continue to – makes solid progress. You know, he's been kind of slowly working his way back into the offense. Danny Jones has looked solid at points this year too. And uh, I think they're a pretty competitive team. And I do like New Orleans defense, but I could see this one being kind of low scoring. And when that's the case, I like that, that points, especially when it's eight and a half. So give me the Giants here. I'm going to actually go with the Saints here. Um, the eight and a half is definitely a lot. I can see that, but I just think the Giants are a very bad team. They looked awful last week against Atlanta. Um, I mean, the, the Saints, they looked great against us. I feel like I have to give them some respect, Sean Payton especially. So I'm just going to go with the Saints here. Next game, we've got the Cleveland Browns taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Browns going on the road to Minnesota. 
Cleveland is the one and a half point favorites. Who you got? Yeah, this is a trap. I'm not, you know, this is a trap written all over it, just like Seattle and Minnesota was last week. Didn't think Minnesota would beat Seattle last week. They've been playing solid. They almost beat the Cardinals. So they've been playing pretty well. I don't think that record really shows for who they are. Like what Cleveland's doing. They had a hell of a game. Their defense played really well last week. Whereas Fields, they had like nine sacks. Um, Baker's just Baker. Baker is just one of those quarterbacks that he will do you enough to win football games. I love that combination of Chubb and Hunt. They're legit. They're elite. And for that reason, the one and a half, give me the Browns. Yeah, I like the Browns here too. Uh, as someone who has Kareem Hunt in fantasy, he had a big, big week last week. That backfield is really good. Probably one of the better backfields in the league, if not top five easily. Uh, I think the Browns are the better team here. I do think Cousins uh, on the Vikings has done really well, and their offense has been clicking a lot. But their defense really isn't that good, and I think Cleveland can run on them all day and uh, kind of take the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands. So I like Cleveland with that one and a half here. I'm going to go with the Browns here. Um, you know, I, the Vikings are kind of a weird team. Two very winnable games early. Then they got that big win against Seattle. I don't think Seattle is very good this year. I think their defense currently ranks dead last. So that's not as impressive of a win to me as it is with a lot of people. Uh, Dalvin Cook still doesn't seem like he's 100%. I'm going to go with Cleveland here, take that one and a half. That's, you know, not too big of a line to scare me. Next game, we've got the Chicago Bears at home taking on the Detroit Lions. Bears are the three-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? All right, so I got Detroit. I'm taking the points. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, the Bears, I don't know what they're doing at quarterback. I don't even think they know what they're doing. They said that all three guys were going to be up for grabs, including Foles. And then they've been bringing in people to work out, too, so I don't know what they're doing. Um, I think it'll be a close game. Detroit played a really good game versus Baltimore last week. Should have won outright. Detroit competes. Dan Campbell got that team running right, unlike Patricia did. So I'm going to take the points. Give me Detroit three and a half. I like Detroit here too, Mr. Dan Campbell. I think Detroit is actually a pretty scrappy team. They got a good backfield too with Swift and Williams. And I'm not sure who's starting at quarterback for the Bears. I did see that Dalton is a little injured and they haven't announced the starter yet. But whoever it is, I'm not a big fan of Matt Nagy. He's going to get fired at some point this year or at the end of this year at some time. Uh, and I think Detroit gets that win here, and I like them with the points, and I think they'll probably win straight up. So I like Detroit and the points here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Dan Campbell is necessarily a good coach or if this locker room is just you know buying into what he's doing. He can just motivate these guys. But they've looked much better than I expected. They've been competitive in pretty much every game this season. It is a shame that they're 0-3. I think they get their first win this week. Big divisional matchup. You know, it's going to be a hard-fought game between both of these teams. And, you know, after the performance last week from Justin Fields and the Bears offense, I think literally the stat was, you know, uh, Justin Tucker's 66-yarder to beat Detroit was longer yards-wise than the Bears' total offense last week. I think they had like 48 yards of total offense. Fields, I mean, Fields was running for his life. He got sacked like six times. Detroit, they don't necessarily have the, you know, the defensive line that Cleveland has. They don't have a Miles Garrett on the other side of the ball. But just with the way Chicago's been playing offensively, I don't think they're going to be able to put a ton of points on the board here. I don't, I don't know what kind of performance Fields is going to have. If it's even Fields, there's even rumors that Nick Foles or Andy Dalton could try to make that start. But I really don't like the Bears here. I don't know. 
I guess because they're at home, they get that three and a half. But I agree with Adam. I think Detroit yeah, that's exactly out, right? Yeah, so regardless, going on to the next game here, we've got the Buffalo Bills at home taking on the Houston Texans. Bills are the 17-and-a-half-point favorites coming off their big win against Washington. Kev, who you got? All right, so I love the points, 17-and-a-half. Oh, and if I take Houston, then up 17 nothing. But I'm gonna points. I think the Bills. Josh Allen's coming back to life. He had a really good week last week. What did he throw? Three touchdowns last week. I'm pretty sure he's finding that connection with Emmanuel Sanders. Um, obviously, he has Diggs, Cole Beasley. That offense is really well. Um, they did beat Washington last week by like 20. I think it was like 41 to 23. So they would have covered that if it was 17 and a half to beat Miami 35 nothing. So when it comes to facing uh, Davis Mills and the Houston Texans, I'm not worried about Jimmy Buffalo and give me that 17 and a half points. See, I don't like this here because I'm going Houston just because of that number. I know Buffalo. I know you can, I know Buffalo can easily score, and they probably will cover that. But I just when I see that kind of number, I'm like, I can't, dude. I can't come around to do it. I did it with the Jets last week. Um, I just got to keep that rolling. I know Houston's not a great team, but maybe they can scrap a little bit. Maybe Josh Allen has an off day, but that offense of the Bills has been clicking big time recently. But with that amount of points, man, I just I got to take it. So Houston plus 17 and a half here. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bills here. Uh, you know, I took the took the big spread last week going against Buffalo with Washington. Didn't work out. The Bills, it feels like, have found their groove. If this was Tyrod Taylor, maybe I'd consider it, but I don't have that kind of confidence in Davis Mills, so I'm going with Buffalo here. Next game, we've got the Indianapolis Colts on the road taking on the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are the two-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? I thought this was a tough game. Um, Colts are not what we thought they would be. Carson Wentz still with those two sprained ankles. They're just, you know, it is what it is. Tough team. I don't even think they have any weapons. And, you know, I'm going to go with Brian Flores, Jacoby Brissett, two and a half at home. Give me Miami. I got to go with the Colts here. Uh, They're an 0-3 team, but I think their record doesn't really – provide yes, what that does. team actually I know they're not yes, a great team but like they got names they're not a terrible team it, it um does. and in this kind of game I really don't know who's going to win I don't think it's going to be that great of a football game I know Carson Wentz somehow is walking around on two sprained ankles or whatever but I know, I know I'm only getting two and a half points but points are points so give me into here yeah this one's really a toss-up to me so I'm just taking the points you know, part of me just feels like the Colts are bound to win a game at the beginning of the season. I feels like they're too bad, too good, rather, to start 0-4. But, you know, I could very well see that happening. Miami almost pulled that one out against Vegas last week. I don't think Brissett is a huge downgrade for Tua. I think it's going to be a close game. So I'm just going to grab that two and a half. Next game, we've got the Washington football team on the road taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Washington is the one-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? So I'm going Washington. This was a tough game. This is basically the same as Vegas and Miami. I feel like this is a toss-up. But at the end of the day, I told you, boys, that I'm not going to take Atlanta. I know they won last week. 
Shout out to Matt Ryan. Congratulations. You got a win for the first time since like 2017. I'm going to ride with Taylor Henneke. I'm hoping that Washington's defense comes back to life. Chase Young gets three sacks. Give you Washington. Yeah, Kev, I'm taking your, a page out of your book here. I don't want to bet with uh, the Falcons, so I'm taking Washington here. Um, their defense really hasn't been as advertised this year, but I feel like they're due for a pretty breakout game, and I can see it coming against the Falcons here. So give me the Chase Young and Taylor Heineke-led Washington football team. Yeah, Washington's really been underperforming defensively this year. I don't know what it is. If there's any time that they could pick that up, this feels like it would be the game to do it. You know, obviously not laying a ton of points here, just one and a half. I don't think Atlanta's a very good team. They were able to get that close win last week. I think those wins are going to be few and far between this season. I'm going with Washington here. Next game, we've got the San Francisco 49ers at home taking on the Seattle Seahawks. 49ers are the three-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? See, this is a game that I'm going with the points. Give me Seattle. Give me Russ. Coming off a loss, I think that offense, you know, DK kind of locked in. I don't think I picked against them week one, but I think that's going to be a week that's going to be a close game. I think that Russ can be able to put up points on the 49ers defense. And the three-and-a-half division rival, give me Seattle. Yeah, I like Seattle here, too. This kind of screams to me one of those close late games that end up – so one of these teams is going to win by a field goal. These kind of divisional matchups always are great. And it just – I feel like in these kind of games, the better quarterback usually pulls through. And at this point, Russ is that guy, and he's getting three-and-a-half points. So I like Seattle here. I'm actually going to go with the 49ers here. I just kind of have a gut feeling about this one. San Francisco impressed me last week. Jimmy G, he knows his job is on the line, and he's come out this season and played better than I honestly expected. Um, it looks like they could be getting their running back back this week, uh, blanking on his Elijah Mitchell. Looks like they could be getting Elijah Mitchell back this week. I don't know. I just like the 49ers here. Next game, we've got the L.A. Rams at home taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Rams are the six-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? See, this is a game that I'd be perfectly fine taking the Rams because Stafford's playing at MVP level. Rams are elite, good team. Kyler Murray's playing, having an MVP season. I think the Cardinals are very good. When you're undefeated and you're six-and-a-half-point underdogs, I don't really care who you're facing, especially when you're, like, Arizona. Give me Arizona and the point six-and-a-half. Tough choice, but don't get me wrong, Kyler. Yeah, I think this could be one of the better games of the uh, of the weekend. Two undefeated teams, divisional matchup. Uh, it's going to be a fun one, but I like Arizona here. They're getting that six and a half, and I think no matter what, their offense will be able to go toe-to-toe with Matt Stafford's offense, and I think it's going to be a fun game, a lot of fireworks, and I'm really looking forward to it, but I do like Arizona with the points here. Yep, I'm going to go with the Cardinals here too. Um, I do think the Rams are going to be a very good team this year. That was a huge win for them beating Tampa Bay. And honestly, this just screams letdown game to me. I think the Cardinals are a solid team. They can put up a ton of points in a hurry. Six and a half, kind of a big number. I think it's going to be a very close game. I'm going with Arizona. Next game, we've got the Green Bay Packers at home taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Packers are the six and a half point favorites. Who you got? The six and a half doesn't scare me. Rodgers had a hell of a comeback next or last week, sorry, versus the 49ers on Sunday Night Football. Could have told you that was going to happen. You left Rodgers too much time. Uh, Pittsburgh banged up. They lost to Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not that great. Not bad, though. Big Ben's hurt. Big Ben's washed. Give me Green Bay and that six and a half. Yeah, going Green Bay all day here. Six and a half's not a lot, and they're at home. 
Pittsburgh's offense is pitiful. They're carried by their defense. Big Ben can't even throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field. And like Kev said, he's washed. I don't like it at all. And Aaron Rodgers is back to his normal self, and that's why I like Green Bay. I'm going with the Packers here. Uh, The Steelers looked awful last week. With a win like that for Green Bay, after how they opened the season, it feels like they could start to be picking up some momentum here. Aaron Rodgers and that offense especially. Um, You know, Pittsburgh coming into Lambeau. I like the Packers. Next game, we've got the Denver Broncos at home, the undefeated Denver Broncos, taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Denver is the one-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? See, I I guess that Denver is favorited because they're home. Um, You know, Ravens had a tough week last week. They still pulled out a win thanks to Tucker's beautiful leg, 66 yards, NFL record. Um, But, you know, Denver hasn't played a real team yet. And for that instance, Baltimore is coming off two in a row, one versus the Chiefs. It's Lamar Jackson versus Teddy Bridgewater. For that instance, and especially getting points, give me Baltimore. Yeah, I'm going Baltimore here too. I think they're going to win this game flat out. And the fact that they're getting points is even an added bonus. Isn't it true that Denver, every team they've beat it in a combined like 0-9, right? They haven't beaten a team with a win or something like that. So Correct. I'm not a, not a big fan of Denver. I think a lot of their wins are fake. They're a good team, but they can't keep up with Lamar. So I like the Ravens here. Denver, you're fake. Yes, Denver, I agree. They're a fake undefeated team. They've played all awful teams. I think the Ravens are pretty good. Um, I don't like them being favored here at all. Again, I think the Ravens win this one outright. Going Baltimore. Next game, the big one, Tampa Bay at on the road. I don't know why it says they're at home here. They're going to New England. Taking on the Pats, Tom Brady's return. Bucks are the six-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? So this hurt me, boys, to do, and I apologize. But to be completely honest with you, I wasn't that confident with my sheet. So therefore, I have to go with a confident pick, six and a half. We saw how the Pats played last week. Brady lost. Revenge game for Brady coming off an L. Hate to do it. Give me the bucks and six and a half. And I'm so sorry, Pats fans. Yeah, it does suck to have to do this, but you got to be realistic for the for the Patriots to even cover, they're going to have to play pretty perfect football against this really good Bucks team. But the consensus pick is that Bucks only uh, minus six and a half. You know, it's Tom Brady coming back to Gillette. You can't bet against Brady because if you do, you never end up you never end up right. So I don't want to be that guy, and I'm not going to do it. So as bad as it hurts, Tampa Bay minus six and a half. Yeah, this sucks, but it, it's the Bucks. It has to be. I can't even believe that this is what the line is. It somehow opened that five and a half. It, it'd have to be like at least 10 and a half for me to even just take the prayer with the Pats. So I'm going Tampa Bay here. Final pick. We've got the LA Chargers at home taking on the Vegas Raiders. Chargers are the three and a half point favorites. Who you got? Um, this was a tough one. Uh, I am very with how the Raiders have been playing. I like the Herbert. Good offense. They had a good win last week, but in instant Adams book matchup, you take the points. Raiders always play teams close, so give me Raiders with a three and a half. Well, it seems like you you took my book and ripped that page out because I'm not agreeing you with you here. I like the Chargers. Uh, I do think the Raiders are a good team. Derek Carr has looked fantastic this year. 
But they did just struggle against Miami and went all the way to overtime. So that was kind of a fluky game right there. I think they should have beaten Miami way more convincingly. And Justin Herbert's damn good. They're coming off of a huge, huge, huge win against the Chiefs. They're a damn good football team, great offense, and Herbert's the man. So I like the Chargers at home here. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chargers here as well. Raiders, they always get off to that hot start under Gruden, it seems. As Adam said, looked like the cracks were starting to show last week. I think this is when they dropped their first game of the year, moved down to 3-1, and one, and we'll have to see if it'll follow the pattern as uh, previous years with Gruden where they just plummet right out of that postseason race or if they can pull it together this year. So with all those picks out of the way, I think it's about time we get to talking about what most likely, and it's weird to already say this in September, but this is going to be the biggest game of the Patriots season. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at New England Patriots. It's the only time that we've got Sunday primetime this year. Tom Brady coming back. Rob Gronkowski coming back, but probably won't be playing. He's listed as doubtful with his rib injury. He's All the stories. He's no, he's, he's not going to play. play. He's going to He didn't practice all week. He's listed as doubtful. It's fine. He's on for Sarians. Gronk's not. Gronk. All right. All right. Don't let him play. Well, we'll get right into it then. It's been it's been all the stories all week. The first thing I just want to ask you guys, post-game, what are Bill and Tom going to do? They're just going to shake hands, walk away? Are they actually going to have a conversation, embrace each other? Or is the bad blood real enough that they don't even interact? No, they're going to. They're going to talk. I mean, honestly, whoever loses with this, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to have faith in the Pats. Not your team. I think, I think that they're two competitive guys, obviously, also. When they don't win, they get upset. But I think when it comes to the dynasty in the 20 years, the two decades, you take everything that you've had. You don't really talk to them, and they don't really talk anymore. Obviously, different uh, locations, different teams. I think all this media stuff is bullshit. They just want something to talk about. We talk about all the bad. We never talk about the good. But, you know, I think they're going to hug. I think they're going to talk for a few minutes. Not too long. I don't know if there's a bet on timing. But I hope that everything works out well for us. Well, I think if the Patriots lose, which we all had them losing in our bet sheet, I think Belichick is going to be pissed and he's going to run right on the 50-yard line and hit Brady with a mean RKO to set the world on fire. Uh, (laughs) Realistically, 20 years of success, six Super Bowls. These guys have a lot of respect for each other. No matter what we hear, no matter what stories come out, I think they got to shake each other's hand, give each other a hug and embrace that because it's going to be a special game and a very special moment, and they're not going to just walk away from each other. There's no way. they got too much respect for each other. Yeah, I mean, as far as the actual game, I I think I said this to you guys literally walking out of the Patriots game. None of us really think we're going to win. I just have a feeling that we're all expecting, you know, the blowout. I think we're going to see something early similar to that Seattle Sunday night game where, you know, we get like a pick six on the first drive or we run the kickoff back. Just something where we're like, oh, my God, like what a what a lucky break. What a start. We're going to be in this game. And then Tom Brady's just going to rip our hearts out. So I'm not really looking forward to this one. If we could if we could somehow win, that would be unbelievable. I don't think it's going to happen. All I'm hoping is that Mac Jones does not embarrass himself. If he can just put in a solid performance, keep this game close, I'll be happy. 
So I think that the strategy for this game, and I send this to you boys, I did not get a comment from either one of you, which is perfectly fine. I get it. But I think that we're going to see the Bill Belichick defense versus Peyton Manning was back in the day, what they did every single time Bill faced Peyton. I believe that we're going to see Miles Bryant or D'Angelo Ross get activated the 53-man roster. They're going to get called up. You're going to see six DBs on the field, which basically tells you that Bill Belichick's going to tell Tom Brady and say, you run the ball. We're giving you an opportunity to run the ball, so do it. And when you want to throw, they know each other. They know each other inside and out. Brady's already said he knows what's coming. Bill's already said that the Bucks run the same offense as the Patriots. Arians disagreed, but we all know it's Brady's offense. Brady brought the offense from New England to Tampa Bay. Um, I just think that the good thing, I think that if Mac has a bad game, I think that's not going to be a good sign because if Trent Brown comes back, the Bucks secondary is completely depleted. They don't have really anyone. They signed Richard Sherman and Sherman. I don't even know if he's going to play. I know he's suiting up, but he might get like a snap or two, depending on how everything works out. But this Mac Jones should be fine. I think we should see the most passing yards for Mac Jones. And I think that, it's a true test of Belichick's defense. And see, I can't wait for this matchup. Can't wait. It's one we've had circled since we knew this game was going to be a thing when Brady went to the Bucks. But it's unfortunate to say, and it's a lot of pressure to put on Mac, but he's going to need to play one of the best games he will be able to play this year. Because like you said, Kev, that Bucks secondary is depleted, and we're not going to be able to run against them. They have a really, really good run defense with Sue and Vita Vea. I know JPP, I don't think he's going to play, but still their D-line is really good, especially with their linebackers. But the one thing, the one weakness that team does have is their secondary, and this might be an opportunity for our receivers to get open. It's going to be on Mac in the offensive line. Keep him Mac up, right? Not allow him to get touched. He's going to get the ball out quick and just not turn the ball over. He's going to have a big night. We've got to push the ball downfield. Probably won't be able to run against this team. We weren't able to really run against uh, the Saints, so I don't think we'll be able to run against the Bucks. But it's going to be on Mac. I know it's only his fourth professional game starting, but it's a tall task. But, hey, man, he's got to show up. And I think, like you said, Kev, the two high safety look like the Mannings, all the defensive backs in the field. We're going to force force the Bucks to run, but who knows? Maybe that won't even be enough because once Brady gets going, it's hard to stop him. But if it does come to a shootout, it's, it's going to be on Mac to step up and uh, – bring this team to victory, but we'll see what happens. All right. So well, we, you know, well, Dan, I was going to do my thing real quick, real quick. Give me two I seconds. I have the same I idea. Swear. I have the same idea. Go for it. Okay. I want to do my ritual. I do this every podcast. We never check it. Boys, score predictions and predictions for Mac Jones passing yards and touchdown. For week four. All right. Adam, go for it. Okay. Um, 27 uh, no, no, no. Mac will be 29 of 44 I hope for for 310 yards um two touchdowns and a pick and the score will be 30 to 20 23 bucks Kev okay so I got bucks winning eight to 28. I think it'll be a hell of a game. I think Mac Jones goes 32 for hmm, 32 for 48 with three, he breaks 300. Give me 301 passing yards. I'm still gonna go. I'm gonna go two touchdowns, two picks. Sadly, and yeah, Dan, take it away. 
All right, Mac Jones, I'm going to go 28 of 42 with 294 yards, one touchdown, and let's just give him a rushing touchdown just because. Uh, I'm going to say this one ends up Buccaneers 34, Patriots 21. So unless you guys got anything else, kind of a rushed episode of the podcast this week. We apologize for that if you could hear it in our voices, but wanted to make sure we could get this one out before the big game. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to tune in next week. We'll have all our reactions. I'm sure we'll have a ton to break down from this game. We'll be previewing that Houston game next week.